<laughs> I got you. Welcome everyone to Darda Chat in Aramaic talk show, building a community for twin tours from all over the world through this podcast and YouTube. And uh, we're connecting with friends from all over the world and hear their stories and hear more and learn about them because everything is about the community. And today we have with us David Warmke and he is from New Brownfields from Texas. David, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. Great to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where are you from again and what do you do? Well, I am a Texas boy. I was born in Houston and then born to a family that was very Lutheran, went to, to uh, Missouri Senate Lutheran Church from K through 12, lived all my life in Texas, went off to college after high school, a couple years at Sam Houston State, and then I got into UT, got a degree in physics. And at that point in time, my faith went from kind of there. Basically, I was just afraid of going to hell when I grew up. That was basically it. It was just it was just a fear thing. And then it kind of went to agnostic and OK, here I'll really find something out. So then it took about uh, you know, 10, 15 years. The Lord brought me back to him in some really powerful ways. So uh, my, my life, uh, I had a degree in physics. I graduated cum laude in physics and went in the landscape business. As oh, a kid, is- I like two things. That, that's a very unique transition. I, yeah. I like talkatories and, and I like figuring stuff out. Uh, and then spent most of my life in printing and live here in a small town, New Braunfels, that is just a wonderful place. Uh, lots of lots of strong, strong Christians here. God moving and Jesus moving here in many ways. So it, it's a blessing to be here. So you are so far like studying physics in UT, living in New Braunfels. That's great. And physics is such a very hard subject. It's complicated. So how how you ended like uh, studying physics? Well, you know, I, I started out, I always like to understand why. And that's always what I wanted to understand. And the Lord sort of put me in a, in a family that I grew up that was gave me everything I needed except the answer to why and except going out into the world. So I sort of had just learned to figure that on my own. So I've had a whole life really of trying to understand why. And the first level was really physics and trying to understand the, the world of physics. And then as the Lord has brought me through, I realized the real answer is in the Bible and you really get the real whys there. And I have this ability to sort of tie the Bible and science together. And one of the things I see right now is Jesus revealing himself in so many ways in science that you just cannot deny the fact there's a creator, particularly evolution right now. Evolution has just got giant holes poked in it that a lot of people don't really see, but it's still just sort of taught this dogma in our schools here in the United States. And people just believe it without thinking about it. But if you look at the science, it's just, it's just proving it. It just cannot scientifically have happened. So when did you get to a stage that you realize that science and faith comes together and share with us about God's calling you? That was this, when was the stage when you realized all of that? That's very deep. Well, I, I went through life um, in a path I wasn't, you know, some people plan their lives and I just sort of followed what, what came there. And I got married to a, a, a beautiful lady from UT. We, she went in printing business. I was in um, 
the landscape business and I had a severe illness, severe aplastic anemia that just took me out for a year. And uh, that was sort of the thing that God opened my eyes to my mortality after that we had kids. And in that year of time, I did the back end of her business. And then that really grew. We turned out to be just incredibly successful, had uh, the biggest printing company here in Central Texas, New Braunfels, Seguin, San Marcos, not printing anything ourselves, but brokering, warehousing, distributing, servicing. And um, so that led me on this path that was just amazing. One, one day, it's sort of the culmination. I had six different income streams, owned property from New Braunfels to Seguin. I'm driving down the road uh, to the office in Seguin, and I'm thinking, wow, how can I have this much? Had two uh, sons that were star football players. You know, it's like everything the world could offer I had. In a year, that was gone. And that was about 15 years ago. And that path has really, the Lord has taken me along. Probably the, the thing that is most defining moment is after a year of managing the company of divorce, and my wife and I are both very hands-on in it, so it was a bit of a challenge. I've been at a trade show in New Braunfels, and I'm wrapping up, and I hated trade shows. Now I'm very much a talker and a communicator. Back then I was more the behind-the-scenes guy, as my wife did most of the, the front-end stuff. But I I'm, I'm, had a long day there all day by myself, and I'm packing up, and all of a sudden there's this voice-slash-thought with incredible clarity says, you're going to win. And a second later, I hear my name drawn as winning the grand prize, wow. which is a trip for two to New Orleans. At the time, I really did not quite understand what it was, but I since have learned many things uh, about that. And that was essentially God speaking to me in a very powerful audible but not audible way it's hard to describe i've heard some other people have had that similar experience you just get this it's a voice slash thought and the clarity is just incredible so i uh, kind of hang on to that and that that's something that i have, have hung on to through many uh, many trials and tribulations i sort of describe my life uh, from that period forward as, as a sequence of two stephen king movies in a twilight zone episode so the lord has sent me through a whole lot of things and had just brought me closer and closer and closer to the Lord. And just recently, probably in the last year or so, a uh, year and a half, the science has really gotten strong. I, I write, and uh, that, that's gotten to be something that I, I do a lot of. But uh, probably started out another time, the Holy Spirit spoke to me very powerfully. When I first came back out, I was involved in a Lutheran church here, and there was a young pastor that grew up Pentecostal. And then went to LCMS Lutheran, which is about the two opposite ends of the spectrum you can go. And very spiritual and very bright guy, very charismatic, likes to talk to people. And has this whole wall full of books. And one of the books is a book uh, uh, on science and theology, science in the Bible. Uh, Progenholm, I think, is the, the name. But he opens a book up to this line, and it talks about uh, an alternate uh, approach to the Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle, and it is a uh, Professor Bohm, I don't remember his first name, but in, it basically states that instead of seeing the Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle random just flood fluctuations, you see it as unmeasurable variables. And it's like, aha, kind of aha moment. And then I go to pray with him, and I just see these lights flashing in my, my, my eyes as I have my eyes closed. And I end and I say, well, I saw lights. He says, yeah, I know that stuff happens to me all the time. So that was probably my first kind of opening where the Lord said, okay, here's something you need to hang on to. And since then, that science aspect has just been growing. 
I see. So God talks to you through science and through the scripture and how, why and how to make sense to you. Great. So also you mentioned that you were a songwriter. You're a writer. Can you share a little bit about this? And I know you wrote a song for Twins Tours at one time. And can you share with us about where people can read your writings and your songs, which website? Yeah, I have. I've been doing music as a singer-songwriter for about nine months now. Started July last year, 2000. I've got a, about 75 songs that I've written. And uh, Ultimate Guitar, if you go to Ultimate Guitar and you type in David Warmke, W-A-R-M-K-E, you'll come up with a list of my, of my songs. And it's an interesting ministry. My music ministry has really grown. I have, in the last year, a member of our choir and a member of my bell choir. I never thought in my life I would be so much involved in music, just really immersed in it. But the, the fun thing about, you see, I have the shirt Redbird on, yeah. is, is a, um, a place called Redbird Listening Room here. They have singer-songwriter night. It's on Thursday. And you have singer-songwriters come in and do two songs. Almost all my songs are songs that tie back to Jesus or tie back to my life story in Christ or some sort of way. And they're, they're very real. And they tend to be kind of like Johnny Cash things. They're stories. They're not necessarily very musical, but, but they're, they're stories. And so I have that element there to, to really do ministry and get a message out. The fun thing is there are so many singer-songwriters in that community that are kind of closet Christians that as they do that, it's like, oh, they come out with some of their stuff. So it, it's, a, it's a fun breeding ground uh, to get people to speak about Jesus in a way, in a setting that is not secular. So it connects um, with a lot of people that, that normally wouldn't be in church or hear a Christian song. So that, that's sort of my music in a thumbnail. So I can see that's your passion, correct? Yeah, I, I absolutely love doing it. And it is, um, um, it's interesting. The Lord will raise you up and lower you down at times. It, it's amazing how much the Holy Spirit guides and directs us. The more I go on in life, the more I realize there's very little happenstance in my life. It, it's very much guided and directed. And there's sometimes like um, last Sunday or Sunday two weeks ago at Easter, the choir sang and we ended in this crescendo that I just, it just grew and grew and grew. It was very, very loud, very spiritual, very powerful. And then we had a congregation, about 400 people that erupted in applause after it. And it was one of those moments that you just, wow, you never forget. Um, I had a couple of other those the Thursday before Monday, Thursday, I rang bells for the first time I got bells right. And I had somebody just staring at me going, wow, that was so cool. But, um, and in Redbird, I've had that uh, happen couple times with a song. I have one song called Asian Broccoli Coldslaw a la mode. That is an interesting song. And that's, that's the one that sort of worked. And uh, so it's a lot of fun when you have those moments where it just all falls together. It, it, it's really special. And then you have a lot of moments where it doesn't exactly fall together, but you just, just keep going on. And, and the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah. I love that when you share with me about the divine appointments and I like uh, see you how you walk in the spirit. Can you share with us one story about a divine appointment, a big thing you have done in your life that changed completely your perspective? I know you've done a couple of extreme different things that people never done in their lives. Can you share with us one story? Um. I'm trying to think of what that story is. <laughs> uh, let me let me go sort of run down through the thumbnail. 
you know, as, as I uh, got through divorce, I had money, I had no income, I had lots of stuff, but it felt like my world just ended. And this was in 2009. In 2009, the economy had really tanked. Obama had just taken over here. You, there was no work to be done. So I'd hibernated for a couple of years. And at the end of that time, got big, uh, came out and went to church and then was invited to a Bible study, uh, Caleb Bible study started by Charlie Duke, 10th man to walk on the moon. And that has really been the thing that has just drawn me along and in, in sort of the, the core of my spirituality. There are so many things that I have done that have been very spiritual. Probably the most unusual one is 2020 when COVID hit, the Lord said, okay, you just keep going and give, give stuff away. So I gave away essentially all my wealth, quarter million dollars of wealth in wow. 2020. Wow. Gave away guitars, a $12,000 Martin guitar. I gave away five Martin guitars and all. I'm very connected with a, uh, a pastor, Jerry Leinbarger, and his wife, uh, Christy. They go down to Costa Rica, went down there three times with them. Very, very spiritual environment, very real spiritual environment. Holy Spirit working and healing and people coming to the Lord, just absolutely amazing. Um, and then I, then I come back and now the money's about running down to next to nothing. So it's like, okay, okay, what, what Lord, how are you going to provide? And Jerry calls me up and says, you know, the Lord tell you, you, you're being tested and you'll pass the test. Um, so wow. I, I go, okay, cool. And then I get a, a, a uh, Christmas card from somebody very special that, that's from his ministry. It has $2,500 check in it. So I went a year with zero money and zero income. And then my social security kicked in and he always provided. And there were times that, uh, um, you know, you, you never quite knew, but I learned to just trust in him and he shows me his hand so many ways that that's probably the, uh, uh, the, the biggest leap of faith that I've done is just, uh, is following yeah, him. I, I got you covered. That's a huge, him. huge step of faith. And that is so unusual. And the Lord, as you said, always provides, but you have such a unique, uh, way of thinking a unique way of doing things and as one of the few people that people give and donate all over but you gave everything and that's what you have done and that's what god is like uh, put on your heart and this is why you're filled with the spirit of the lord that's amazing that's a big 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 step in faith and uh, i I've been like in faith for so many years and in ministry, I never heard someone just gave everything. And that's, you know, so spiritual and so deep that you are free, free of everything and you can walk in the spirit. Well, you know, it, it's a process. The closer you get to the Lord, the closer he gets to you and the more he shows you stuff. He showed me himself so many times, probably one of the most uh, interesting ones is I have a sister that was in San Marcos. I had to take her to San Antonio to get some medical treatment. And there's a road runs up here, I-35, that can be very traffic filled. I leave 30 minutes ahead of time and I get stuck in traffic. And it's like, okay, I'm not sure if I'm gonna make it. So I'm sitting in three lanes of traffic. I'm right in the center and nothing's moving. And I look at my right view mirror and there's a tractor trailer that stops about 200, 300 feet behind me in the lane. 
Now, nobody moves in this lane. It's just sitting there. So I think, okay, maybe the Lord's saying, get in that lane. So I pull in that lane. I get in that lane. And the Holy Spirit says, I take care of you. It was one of those really powerful things. You realize how much he's in charge of everything. And um, the closer you get to him, he gives you those glimpses that that just absolutely are amazing when you see him. So it's pretty easy to follow when the Lord shows you things like that 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 are just amazing. Yeah, the Lord tells us so many things to do, but we don't do it. We don't follow, but you have been doing it and following and very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. David, tell me, have you been ever in Israel? I came to Israel once, and it was back in 2014. I went with a group here out of New Braunfels, Scott Turnagel, who is on the board of uh, Bethlehem Bible College. They had a conference that was there, Christ at the Crossroads, and we were there for, supposed to be there for 10 days. I wound up coming back early, but we spent two or three days in Jerusalem, and then we spent the rest of the time in Bethlehem, and that was a, a really, really uh, powerful trip. We were, it was not a sightseeing trip, and it was a trip where he very much is engaged in, in the Christian community there and the uh, uh, Arab community there. And we saw a side that most people don't see uh, when you go there. And it was uh, uh, really powerful. Um, yeah. yeah, most people, yeah, most pilgrims come to the Holy Land and for a trip and they only tour the land and the sites and never connect with the locals, and especially with the Arabs and the Palestinians, and especially in West Bank and especially in Bethlehem. Also, this is a very unique thing you have done, and this is very different. And it's so much important when people visit the land to meet with the locals and they're going to learn a lot from the locals. So what was your favorite thing or story that took place in the Holy Land during your 2014 visit? Well, we we visited a bunch of sites and there are a whole lot of things memorable. Probably the most memorable is a mountaintop called Tent of Nations that is just south of Bethlehem and is a Nasser family, Daoud Nasser. They have owned this property for a very long time. And most of the hilltops around them are now Jewish settlements Correct. because the land has strategic value because it's a hilltop. Now, they actually had paper title that went back to the 1850s. So they have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. They have a lot of support out of Europe to, to keep the land. We drive up, we drive down this beautiful road, and then we get to this kind of dirt road, and there's piles of dirt piled up. You can't even drive into their property. And we get out and we walk and, and you go to the gate, they have a gate at their property. And they have this sign on the side in four or five different languages that uh, says, we refuse to be enemies. And it was so powerful. In fact, I have a photograph of that sign with the, the background of one of the Jewish communities there. But we spent a afternoon with Daoud, who's come here to the United States a couple times. And that was probably the one that just struck me the most. Um, it just amazing. Because somebody really just living with life that Christ described, which was just love your enemies. And uh, it was, uh, they, they had stories of 150 acres of, of, of olive trees being bulldozed because supposedly they were some sort of threat for the, the terrorists to hide in or something. I'm not sure, but it, these stories go on and on and on that are uh, were, were pretty amazing to hear what a tough life it was being a uh, in the West Bank and being a Palestinian. And uh, they were strong Christians and just lived their faith and God provided and took them through. 
Yeah, I'm amazed that you know him. And Dawood is amazing. And his story is really unique. And you see how people uh, are facing so much hardships, in, especially in the West Bank and especially Christians. So you met with the living stones. And also, this is a very unique story. Not, you know, thousands of pilgrims come and they never know about Dawood and his story, Tent of Nations. It's really a very genuine and he is a great guy and he's a friend of mine and I'm amazed that you know him. So that's wow. wonderful. What was one of the most like sites you liked in the land and why? The sites that I liked in the land, probably the thing that um, just struck me physically the most is the second day we were there, we were, we were touring uh, uh, Jerusalem and, and the walls and sort of down by the city of David. And uh, we went up, a couple of us, and we hiked up on the top of the walls where the, uh, the people would be there with their arrows defending the, the, uh, the city. And that was, that was just amazing. It was very high, very narrow, and really sort of took you back in time. The other thing that struck me also about uh, the city is I would get up in the morning and walk. And um, you know, one morning, uh, first morning I got up, I walked. It took me about an hour to walk around the city. But as you're walking around the city, it's particularly when you get to the, uh, I guess, south uh, east corner where the wall is very tall there, so around the city of David, you, you're walking and you realize, wow, what an impenetrable fortress. Suddenly you realize what a wall was like back 2,000 years ago, because being on my pair of sneakers, but there's no way we get up that wall. It, it, uh, so that, that, was, uh, that was probably the thing I remember the most. Again, David, also... Just to tell you, the city of David, not many pilgrims go there, maybe second timers or third timers, because it takes a lot of time. And actually, this is a very unique site, because 60% of the Old Testament was written in that area, in the city of David. And this is also something really unique you have done when you come for the first time in Jerusalem. That's very, very special. I enjoyed the stay, and I hope to get back again. I plan to come back many times, but it just it just never happened. But I'm sure I'll be back again. But um, yeah, God's working in so many ways, and it is uh, it it was was so eye opening to go there and see uh, Jesus and the people, and um, and the hospitality of the Palestinians that we stayed with was just absolutely incredible. Uh, this you just it's just a bit of love and warmth there. We stayed uh, two hotels, uh, one hotel that was in uh, Bethlehem. I don't remember, it wasn't a holy event, I don't remember the name, I think maybe Holy Shepherd Hotel. But there were some people outside cooking whatever the bread is that they put in the, the big kind of round kiln and they throw it up in the top, it sticks, and, and they had this big giant uh, tank outside. Yeah, you go by. Yeah, <laughs> that, and I would say, I would say hi to them, and then by about, they, I don't think they spoke any any English, uh, maybe a little bit. I certainly didn't speak any uh, Aramaic or, or Hebrew. Um, but um, so by the end of the trip, I go by one day, and they, they say, "Hey, you want to do this?" So they they had me flip one, and they gave me one of the pieces of bread. But um, that, you know, that was just so authentic. It was just yeah. Really I remember that as is one of the highlights of being there. That's a great experience because Bethlehem. Beit Lahmo in Aramaic, Beit is a home, house. Lahmo is not a literary house like a community. Lahmo is bread. And 
this is the also bread and bread is used so much in Bethlehem and that's the local what they do they do their daily bread and you just happened to pass by and they invited you and you had a chat with them despite the language differences and that's also a special experience and really really that's make me like my heart in the spirit rejoices because you had all these great experiences and uh, there's amazing things about the meanings of uh, the bread there and the bread is like a necessity people have in bethlehem bread and always bank and all the holy land mostly in morning and afternoon and evening this is a, a must to have and when jesus was born in the house of bread he became the bread of life he became everything important for all the people from Bethlehem and all over the world. That is cool thing to share. By, by the way, talking Aramaic, so about Aramaic and the language of people, you know, in Bethlehem, there's an Aramaic community that lives there and they speak the language till today. And uh, you took a, uh, some classes of Aramaic uh, with uh, twins tours. And actually this is the program Dardashat also, which means in Aramaic, uh, a talk show. What was how, how what do you think about that course and reading the Bible in Aramaic? What do you think about this unique perspective? And did you, you know, learn something up from it? Oh, very much so. And and the couple things that you did sort of at the beginning uh, is a promo the the translation of of the, the camel going through the eye of the needle and translating that to a thick cord or thick rope as opposed to a camel. And then Jesus' final words on the cross, which is essentially, I forget exactly what the translation was, but this is what I was called for. Uh, that was so powerful. And I had used those uh, used those many times. And then I had got the Aramaic translation of, uh, of the New Testament. Yeah, and the, I read, the Bible. Yeah, the I read, I, yeah, I read Revelation straight through. And that sort of is one of the things the Lord really has just sort of put me there as in seeing this very positive view and it was interesting reading it through. Uh, it really felt much more connected and less broken apart than, than when you read the English translations. And when you look at it word for word, it, it looks pretty similar, but somehow it just flowed. And I don't know that I understand that, but, uh, but it was really, really powerful. Really enjoyed that. Great. That is great. That is great. Good. So, a. What do you like to share with us about your experience with the virtual tours and the online teachings uh, with Twins Tours? What do you like oh, to tell you. the people who hear us in podcast, David, or on YouTube? What do you like to share with the people? Oh, they, they have been absolutely great. And I started this, I'm not sure when y'all started, but last year, maybe around the summer. And the geographic uh, tour of Israel learning to connect physical places uh, and actually see them and understand the geography and how it ties into the story it was just super, super powerful. And then the other one that really jumped out uh, at me was one that Celeste did. She did a uh, an hour, 15 minutes on the uh, 400 silent years. That's something most people don't really have much yes. of an understanding on. And that is so important along with the 40 years uh, between Christ's crucifixion and the fall of Jerusalem. Those are two periods of time that most Christians don't really have much of an understanding of and are really key to being able to really understand scripture and understanding what, what went on in those times. But um, 
I, I enjoyed all of them. Um, and um, learning Aramaic is not my strength. So I, I, I learned I learned understanding uh, when you when you translate things, um, but uh, but they're all good. I, I enjoy it. Look forward to it. It's my part of my weekly routine. Sure, and you've been really consistent and following all the teachings, and that is so encouraging to us. Yeah, it's it's been really good, and Lord has given you. Uh, a special insight and special path, and, and I see that, and it, it's just fun uh, seeing you and seeing what the Lord has given you. And it, it's when you realize somebody that the Lord is directing them, you really listen, and it you, it really connects. You know, there's so many people that, that there's Christians, but maybe they're not following the Lord. The Lord's not really leading them. They're sort of doing what what they've been taught or what they think they should do, and and it's good. But it's not the same thing as Jesus following and directing it. And you clearly are somebody that the Lord has directed, which is just um, amazing. You know, probably one of the other things that I that stood out with me is when you did uh, the tour of the Dome of the Rock, and he actually could see an image of the Dome of the that, that was That was really cool. That uh, was probably of, of the ones uh, that probably stands out the, the biggest, just, just actually going well underneath that gold dome and actually seeing what's there, how many people do. Thank you, David, for this uh, uh, interview. Thank you, David, for your heart and your passion and what you do for the kingdom. And uh, for the people who are listening on podcast or any social media, you will have all the links below the website of David and Twin Tours Academy and all the courses and all the virtual tours that we have done. It's all recorded. And really, David, I enjoyed so much uh, to get in relationship with you throughout the years. And it's everything what we do in Dardashat in this interview is about connections, it's about relationships, and about encourage each others from different parts of the world to walk together in Jesus' name, with Jesus, whenever we are to be encouraging to each others and to walk in the spirit. You are one of our friends and it's all about relationships. And we love this relationship with you because it's very special and it's very deep. And thank you so much, David, for your time and sharing your story and sharing what is on your heart and passion and what these big steps you have done in your life. I am very positive that many people will be encouraged from this interview. And God bless your heart. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. You're special. Lord's using you, and it's fun. I'm around a lot of special people in very different ways. And um, being connected with you and Israel is, is extremely special. Yeah, God everyone in God's kingdom is special and unique. Yes, I agree completely with you. Thank you, David, and we will see you soon.